All right, well today we are closing out our series brand new and we didn't call this series brand new because we just ran out of original series titles. We called this series brand new because what Jesus came to introduce into the world was something that was, you guessed it, brand new. It was brand new in the world. It was brand new for the world. It was brand new for you. It was brand new for me. It was brand new for everyone, everywhere, for all of time. It was an entirely new way. It was not a remix of something old, not an update of something old. It was an entirely new way of connecting with God, our Heavenly Father. And from the jump, here's what we have said about the Jesus way. Here's what was entirely new. Here's what was entirely far better than anything, any other religious system, the way the world had ever seen before. What Jesus came to introduce is something more simple, more difficult, more clear, and more personal than anything anyone had ever thought possible. And the reason it could be more simple and more difficult, as we learned two weeks ago, is that in the Jesus way, the list of commands was reduced to one, was reduced to one. Love the way that I have loved you is the command of Jesus. And it was echoed by Paul in his letter to the, to the Ephesians. He said, the only thing that counts, or the letter to the Galatians, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And last week we talked about the fruit of our connection with God as we follow Jesus, that the best way to know what's in us is to look at the fruit that comes from us, that we will either produce the fruit of the temple model or mindset, or we'll produce the fruit of the Jesus way. And the fruit of the temple model and mindset is fruit that no one wants, is fruit that none of us want to produce, and it's fruit that keeps people from experiencing and seeing Jesus clearly. But the fruit of the Jesus model, what we said last week, every bit of the fruit of the Spirit of God in you, every bit of the fruit of, of following in the Jesus way, of Jesus living inside of you, flowing out of you, is good for you and is good for the world. And because of that, what we said last week is it's time for all of us to stop living for the things that Jesus died to kill. Time to stop living for the temple. Time to stop living for our selfish nature. Time to stop living for our sinful nature. It's time to stop living for that because Jesus came to put an end to all of that. And all of that stays dead with Jesus on the cross, stays dead in Jesus' grave unless we decide to go pick it up and live for it again. Now today, as we close out the series, I want to talk about some new clothes that you should wear. I want to talk about the new clothing that we wear in the Jesus model, in the Jesus mindset, in the Jesus way of connecting with God. Now, I know it's going to sound insulting to tell you that what you're clothed in may be out of style. I, I have experienced that myself. It's possible that what you're wearing may just be out of style. Some of you might remember a bit of the shift that took place around 2010 like I did, 2010 like I did. Um, from like 1995 to around 2010, it seemed like boot cut and wide leg jeans was the style. It was fashionable. It was everywhere. And as a guy with big legs who has at times of my life been called thunder thighs, like I appreciated the wide leg and the boot cut jeans. I thought it was awesome. By 2010 though, the style had been changing little by little for a few years and boot cut and wide leg jeans were starting to be out of style. They were the opposite of Taylor Swift songs. They all, they did go out of style. And at that point, I was a youth pastor working with middle school and high school students and some college students. And when you're working with that age group, like you just, you don't want, like you don't have to be in style. You don't have to be like cutting edge, but you don't want to be 
out of style. Because let's be honest, seventh grade girls can be really mean and they can turn on you and they can get vicious. And you don't want to be out of style because if, if you're perceived as out of style, you could be perceived as irrelevant. And so you want what you're saying to match up and you, to, to not be undermined. So I, so I was like, I don't, want, I don't want to be out of style. So anyway, one day I say to my assistant who was about the same age as I was, her name was Beth, and she was far more fashionable of a person than, than I was. Uh, I said that I didn't really like the recent trend towards skinny leg and skinny jeans and, and slim fit and all of that kind of stuff because my legs just didn't work for it. I didn't think it would work for my body. And so anyways, so, so I, I start that conversation and I remember Beth telling me that the slimmer cut was not just a trend, but it was going to become the style. It was going to become the style, not just a trend. It was the style, which I didn't know were two different things until that moment in time. But I understood and learned in that moment that that was two different things, that it wasn't just going to a, a short trend. It was going to become the style. And over the next decade or so, if you were wearing wide leg or boot cut jeans, you would be incredibly out of style. And that if I didn't adjust, I would become the out of style youth pastor that I did not want to be. And so I, I'm thinking like, what the heck conversation did I just get into with, the, with this conversation? And so over the next six weeks, like it was six weeks of every single day, Beth would talk to me and say like, hey, you want to buy some, some slim fit jeans? You want to buy some skinny fit jeans, like some skinny leg jeans? I'm like, I'm like, I got thunder thighs. I do not want to buy that. And like, it was every day for six weeks. And then after about six weeks of that, Jalen and I were actually on a day date over to Crucis and over, over into, into Crucis. And, and we, we went to the mall and I went into American Eagle and on one of the mannequins, they had this outfit that I just looked at and I thought, that's a good looking outfit. That's a nice color combination. That would look good on me. The shirt was this button down Oxford shirt. It was like a, like a light seafoam green. It would make my eyes pop. I would look really good in the shirt. But I also like the pants. I thought they looked really good with the pants. Now, what I should tell you about the pants at this point is that the pants were bright orange. But they also, on top of being bright orange, they were slim fit pants. And I thought, I'm going to get that shirt. I'm going to get those pants. I'm going to wear them to youth group in a few days, and I am going to get heads to turn at what a fashionable youth pastor I am. <laughs> you can imagine how this would go, right? So I so bought the clothes. Two days later on Sunday, I'm, I'm going to wear them to youth group, going to wear them to my, to my youth ministry. And, 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 and I'm, and I'm thinking I like, I'm going to walk in the doors and people are going to applaud how fashionable and in style I am. And Beth is going to applaud and say, Oh my goodness, what a great outfit. You have finally picked out the perfect outfit. That's what I thought was going to happen. And instead, when I walked in the doors, teenagers started laughing at me. No applause, laughter. And Beth started a sentence with, oh my goodness, but it didn't end with, oh my goodness, what a great outfit. It started with, oh my goodness, and it ended with, those are the worst pants ever. And I just thought, like, what? Like, she said, I said jeans. I did not say bright, skinny pants. And so it was a great day. It was a wonderful day, wonderful night. But I figured out that I am not ever going to be the person who's fully in style. But at the same time, we don't want our clothing as we follow Jesus to be out of style. And if you think I'm talking about physical clothing, you have actually missed something important. I don't know if you have ever been told that your clothes were out of style or old, but in the Jesus way of connecting with our Heavenly Father, what we wear, what we present to the world, how we treat people, what we present to the world, how we, what we wear, what we clothe ourselves with, it matters. How we clothe ourselves matters. And it's possible that what you're wearing may be out of style in Jesus' new and living way. It may be possible 
that what you're presenting to the world, that you love Jesus in your heart, but what you present to the world is full of an old way of thinking and comes from an old way of thinking. And because it comes from an old way of thinking and it's driven by an old way of thinking, it is unfortunately out of style. But today we are going to learn about a new and living way. To learn about the new and living way and the new and the living style, we actually have to go back to understand where the old thinking comes from. Now, in the old way of connecting with God, what you wore, it mattered too. In the old temple, in the old testament, in the old covenant, in the in the temple model and mindset, there were a couple of things that we need to understand about the way people dress and what people wore and why it mattered because some of us have been exposed to that thinking and we think it matters for us as well. In the Old Covenant, there were special people who required special clothes to enter the presence of God. Special people required special clothes to enter the presence of God. These were called the priestly garments. They were symbols of holiness and purity. There was a breastplate that signified the priest's place standing as the representative of the people to God. There was a turban with an inscription that said, holy to the Lord inscribed on it. The priest, there were priestly undergarments to guarantee that your human sweat didn't get on the priestly outer garments because those must be kept clean and holy. Their garments always had bells on them. This is an interesting thing about the, te about the temple. Their garments always had bells on the end of their sleeves and at the bottom of the tunic so that if they stopped moving, people would know that they had died in the presence of the Lord. And they often attached a, a rope to their foot so that if they died in the presence of the Lord, someone could pull them out because you couldn't go into the presence of God if you weren't a special person wearing the special garments. Special people required special clothes to enter the presence of God. And if you're wondering, oh, why did they have to wear something so ornate and so complicated and pay so much attention into keeping it clean and holy? The reason is this. These were the men who would enter the temple, would enter into the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people in Israel and for the sins of the nation of Israel. They quite literally were the only people the only people, the special people who entered the presence of God. And in their way of approaching and connecting with God, because God is holy, you can't approach God unless you are holy and everything about you and everything about what you're wearing is holy. If the slightest thing about your dress or your appearance or your beard or your haircut or your skin or anything about you was off, was wrong, was not considered holy, was not deemed appropriately holy to enter the presence of God. You better not enter the presence of God because if you do, God just may strike you dead. Special people required special clothes to enter the presence of God. They quite literally had to dress to impress in order to enter the presence of God. Now, here's what I know about you. Some of you watching this right now, you grew up around or you have spent large portions of your life around churches or religious systems where you also had to dress to impress in order to enter the place where the presence of God was perceived to be, in order to go to church, in order to go to synagogue, in order to go wherever you went for that stretch of your life. You had to dress in your Sunday best. For guys, you had to have on the suit and tie, but it wasn't, let's be honest, it wasn't the Justin Timberlake version. For ladies, you had to wear the high heels and you had to wear the pantyhose and you had to have a skirt that was down to your ankles and you had to have your hair done up in Texas hair. And I mean, like, you had to 
have your Sunday best on because you were going to enter the presence of God. And if you were going to enter the presence of God, you better look your your best. And unfortunately, unfortunately, while I think it's great to want to look good, the feeling that you have to look good, the feeling that you have to be dressed in your best in order to enter the presence of God is temple thinking. It's a temple model. It's a temple mindset. And thank God that in churches, many of us, we have moved past the idea of we have to wear our Sunday best in order to impress, in order to enter the presence of God. Now, also in the old way of thinking, on top of that, there were prohibitions against certain clothing for common people. There were prohibitions. In other words, common people were not allowed to wear certain, certain things. Now, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, was given a few restrictions about what they wore as well. There were a lot of restrictions about general appearance, everyday appearance, such as jewelry, certain types of jewelry they weren't allowed to wear. There was prohibitions against tattoos. You can't be a person of God if you have a tattoo. And there were regulations regarding their hair and their beard trimming that, that you had to have, women had to have long hair. Men couldn't have long hair. Men were not allowed to shave, to trim the edges of their beards, but I, they, I, I'm guessing they were allowed to trim some of their beards because they couldn't trim the edges, but it doesn't say about it, the, the whole thing. So here's the idea. The idea behind those restrictions was that God wouldn't be pleased with you if your appearance didn't meet his standards. Now, for some of you, again, you were raised around an environment like this, where you couldn't wear anything too flashy, certainly couldn't get tattoos. Ladies, you couldn't cut your hair. Men, you couldn't have long hair. And you knew if you got your appearance wrong, you would be cast out of the church. You'd be cast out of the family. It goes back to an Old Testament, an Old Covenant, an Old Temple model of thinking that you have prohibitions against certain clothing for common people because God cares so much about your appearance that you can't be a person of God if you don't appear the right way. But... The biggest restriction when it came to clothing in the Old Testament law was that it was forbidden. This is stated over and over again. It was forbidden to wear a piece of clothing that mixed two separate types of fabric or material. Primarily at the time, this meant that you couldn't wear a blend of wool and linen. That, peep, that common people were not, were not allowed as the people of God to wear a blend of wool and linen. Now, why I mention this is this is this is a, some one of those ironic things about the Old Testament. The priests, the priestly garments contained a piece of clothing that required it literally could not be made without mixing and weaving these two materials together, which gives us a big hint as the reason why the people were not allowed to mix these two materials. Regular people were not to mix fabrics because Priests were the people who mixed fabrics. In other words, this command is not meant to set the nation of Israel apart from the nations around them. This command is to set apart the priests from the regular people. That God cares about what everyone's wearing and only the special people get to wear this because this is part of the special garment that gets into the presence of of God. The special priests can enter the presence of God because of their special clothes, but as a regular person, as a common person, you can't wear the special clothes and you can't go to the sacred place, so you need that special person. It keeps you needing that special person who can go to that special place and stand before holy God on your behalf. 
You could say it this way. In the temple model and temple mindset of approaching and connecting with God, your clothes were decided by who you were and they determined what you could do. Whether you are a regular person or a priest, your clothes were determined by that factor, by whether you are a common person or whether you are a priest. And what you could do was determined by your clothing. If you wear the priestly garment, you can go into the presence of God. And if you're not wearing the priestly garment, you can't enter the presence of God. That's the old covenant. That's the old mindset. That's the old model. That's the temple model of religion. That's the temple model of connection with God. You, because of who you are and what you're wearing, you cannot enter the presence of God. And then the new comes. And then the new comes. And when I say the Jesus version of connection with God became more personal, here is one of the biggest reasons that connection with God became more personal. In the book of 1 Peter, in a letter that Peter wrote to the, church, to the churches, Peter wrote this. Peter, who had spent so much time with Jesus, he wrote this. But you are not like that. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You, you regular people who are following Jesus, you are a chosen people. He says, you are royal priests. By following Jesus, your blood no longer makes you a priest. Your following Jesus makes you a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Now, here's the thing. In the old, remember, in the temple model of approaching God, your clothes were decided by who you were and determined what you can do. And in the new Jesus model of thinking, there is something brand new. Your clothes are decided by who you are and they determine what you can do. Now you're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. that's the exact same thing. And you're right. It's the exact same thing, except it's entirely new. It's entirely different. It's brand new. Your clothes in the old way, they were determined by where you came from, by the family that you came from, by who you already were. In the new and in the Jesus model of religion and, and, religion, and connection with God, your clothes are decided by whose you are that if you belong to Jesus, that if you belong to Jesus, you are part of the chosen people, the royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession, all of the things that in the old way of thinking were reserved only for the priesthood, only for the special bloodline of priesthood, is now available for everyone and it's available to you. And because you are considered a priest because of whose you are, because you belong to Jesus, you are now invited to put on the clothing that will show the world, that won't show the nation that you're set apart from them, that will show the world the goodness of God. In the priestly, in the Old Testament, in the temple model of thinking, what you wore was a signal to the nation that you were set apart for God, by God, and that you could enter the presence of God. And now in the new way of thinking, according to Peter, you are a priest, which means you get to enter the presence of God. And what you wear and what you present to the world is not a symbol of you being set apart by God. It's that you are, you are, you have been changed by God so you can show the world the goodness of God. And then Paul 
who, who we've read from the last few weeks and who had so many amazing things to say about breaking away from the temple and breaking away from the temple model and the mindset. He had some ideas about the clothes that we should wear and how we should dress ourselves and how we should present ourselves to the world in order to show the world the goodness of God. In the book of Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, Paul starts to write this. He said, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Guys, I can, I can speak to you on this. I don't know if ladies do this. I, 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 I know guys, we do this. You know when you're taking off your, your socks and you're doing that thing with your big toe on one leg and your other big toe on the other, like where you I'm going to get my socks off without even getting my hands dirty. I'm going to get my socks off with my feet and then I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to flip it with my big toe without ever touching it with my hands. I'm going to flip my socks into the, into the hamper because they need to get washed, because they need to get cleansed, because the dirt on them needs to get away. Like we, we do that. Like we get, we get, we go, we, we, we got to strip it off and we got to get rid of it. We got to strip it off and we got to get rid of it. Now, here's the amazing thing about that. What, what Paul tells us is that what you do with your socks, God wants to do with your sin. What you do with your socks, when you strip them off and you toss them, when you strip them off and you remove them from your presence, what you do with your socks, God wants you and God wants to do with your sin. He wants to remove it from you. He wants it to be no longer part of what you present to the world. What you do with your socks, God wants to do with your sin. He wants you to strip it off and throw it away. He wants you to strip it off and throw it away. He wants you to strip it off. And then he says, strip it off. But then in verse 10, he tells us, now put on, if you're, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube right now, would you hit the comment section and would you just type put on, put on, would you put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him in this new life. It doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. And then he says, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. He lives in us whether we are Gentile or Jew. He lives in us whether we're circumcised or uncircumcised. He lives in us whether we're barbaric or civilized. Where He lives in us whether we're slave or free. That the only thing that matters to Jesus is if we belong to Jesus. That Jesus doesn't care what blood is in you. He cares about what blood covers you. That Jesus doesn't care about where you come from. He cares deeply about where you're going. And Jesus doesn't care who your parents are. Jesus cares about who you call father. That's what matters to Jesus. That in the Jesus way of, of approaching God, God does not play favorites based on background or race or education or family or anything. Every other religion of the world, every other religion in the world, some people are in simply because they come from the right fill in the blank, because they're educated enough, because they've been to church enough, because of who their family, because of who their parents are. They came from the right fill in the blank. And Paul tells us that unlike every other religion in the world, our God is the same God for all and available to all, regardless of blood, regardless of background, regardless of education. What matters is ultimately whether or not we belong to Jesus and whether or not we've chosen a connection to him that's available through Jesus. Now he goes on. Verse 12, it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves. Now, I already asked you to put put on in the comments, but would you type clothe yourselves in the comment section? And as we read this, when we get there, I'm going to read it again. I'm going to start reading again. Would you say out loud when we get there, would you say clothe yourselves with me? Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must 
Clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Then he says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, I told you, God cares about your clothes. God cares about your clothes. The difference here is that instead of wearing special clothes so that you can be in the presence of God, now since you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God goes with you wherever you go, you clothe yourself as a carrier of the presence of God. And this is interesting. Last week, we talked about the fruit of your approach to God and the fruit of your connection with God, what comes out of you as a result of your connection with God. The fruit is what comes out of you because of what is within you. What Paul describes here and the verses that flow that flow from this is this is the clothes of the Spirit. This is the clothing of the Spirit. And no one's ever called it that, but this is the clothing of the Spirit. And here's what Paul wants us to know. Your clothing is what you choose as your extra display and first impression to the world around you of what matters most to you. Now that's true in the physical clothing world. That's true of wearing a polo shirt and jeans. That's true of if you're wearing pajama pants right now. That's true of every time you put on clothing that has a team logo on it. That's true of every time you put on clothing that has a brand logo on it. That's true of every time that you put on a shirt that has a clown on it. I don't know why you would do that. Or a cat on it. Or three wolves howling at a moon. That is true regardless of whatever you, you're wearing. That what you're wearing is your choice of making a first impression and an external display of what what matters to you so that the world knows what matters to you, what you display to the world, how you treat in, in, in the Jesus model, what you display to the world, how you treat those around you, your willingness to show mercy and kindness and humility and patience, your willingness to forgive and to extend grace. It displays to the world around you that Jesus has done something in you. It displays to the world around you that Jesus has done something in you. And so we put on humility and we put on kindness and we put on gentleness and we put on the extension of grace and we put on forgiveness because that's the clothing that God wants to wear, wants us to wear so that we can show the world what matters to us and ultimately who matters to us. Now, here's the thing about this. You don't feel that all the time. Like I don't feel that all the time. And I know we're not supposed to be fake Christians. We're not supposed to be faking our kindness for others. But we've all heard the expression, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. This isn't fake it till you make it. This is fake it till you feel it. Choose it until you feel it. Fake it until you feel it. That you don't always feel kindness, but you can always extend kindness. You don't always feel humility, but you can always show and extend humility. You, don't, you will never feel forgiveness, but you can always extend forgiveness. You don't want to extend grace for someone's failures and your faults, but you can choose to show that. That this is one of those things that we can fake it until we feel it. We can choose it until it comes from within us. We can choose to extend that until we feel it. And here's what happens. Here's what's so amazing. In, in, in the way that the fruit of the Spirit comes from within you and it works from the inside out, the clothing of the Spirit of God, the clothing that we wear as a result of being changed by God, the clothing, what we choose, even when we don't feel it, it works from the outside in. We extend forgiveness and then we find ourselves enjoying 
forgiveness. We find ourselves extending grace and then we find ourselves becoming people who enjoy extending grace. We show patience and we find ourselves becoming people who are more, more patient. This is how it works. The fruit comes from, from inside of us and it works our way out. This is how we're transformed from the inside out. But our clothing works from the outside in. And so we find ourselves not just changed from the inside out, but when we wear the clothing that God wants us to wear, when we put on what God wants us to put on, we find ourselves also transformed from the outside in. And then Paul had one more thing he wanted to say. He said, above all else, above all, clothe yourselves with love. Sounds familiar. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always, he said, and always be thankful. Once again, this is a choice. You clothe yourself with love. Just like you wake up and you shower and you reach for your work shirt or your comfy polo or your fancy jeans or your comfy heels or your comfy flip-flops. Paul says to grab two more things. While you're reaching for all of that, reach for two more things. Clothe yourself with love and clothe yourself with peace. Clothe yourself with love and clothe yourself with peace. He says every single day, whether we feel it or not, we choose love to move toward peace. We choose love to move toward peace every single day. But I love something in this verse that's so easy to overlook. See, love binds us together in unity and in harmony. And peace is the result of us pursuing and moving toward unity. See, here's what's so amazing about that. The church, the people who are following Jesus Christ, because the church is not a build a, a place, the church is a people, are called to love, not just for the sake of being loving, but because love moves us toward peace. But Paul says, my love, if it's not ultimately united with your love, it won't move us anywhere. That love binds us and brings us and moves us together and makes us member of one united body. And so here's the clothing that we're supposed to wear. This is what Paul says, above all, clothe yourselves in love, which binds you together in unity and leads you toward peace. Here's what, here's what Paul says we should be wearing every single day. You should be clothed in love, living in unity, and pursuing peace. That if you're a Jesus follower, here's what you have to wear. Here's what you are called to wear. Here are the clothing that is in style in the new way of following Jesus. You are clothed in love, you are living in unity, and you're pursuing peace. That, that if you just did that every day, all day, you would show the world something the world has never seen outside of Jesus. Clothed in love, living in unity, and pursuing peace. Clothed in love, living in unity, pursuing peace. You could call this the uniform of the Christian. This is what we're called to wear every single day. This is our uniform. And with that, there's one thing that we make, we need to make sure that we understand, that you don't claim the title if you're not willing to wear the uniform. 
that you don't claim to be a follower of Jesus if you're not willing to put on and live out what Jesus has called you to put on and to live out. That you don't claim the title if you're not willing to wear the uniform. If you're not willing to put on what Jesus has called you to put on, it may be that you are not willing to actually follow Jesus. Don't claim the title if you're not willing to wear the uniform. Don't claim to follow Christ if you're unwilling to love others. Don't claim to follow Christ if you're unwilling to live in unity and harmony. Don't claim to follow Christ if you're not willing to pursue peace. If you're not willing to choose love, your clothing is out of style in the Jesus way. If you are not willing to work toward unity, your clothing is out of style. If it's always division and it's always division and it's always harshness and it's I can't work with you unless you do X, Y, Z for me. If you're not willing to work toward unity, your clothing is out of style in the Jesus way. And if you're not willing to live at peace with others, if it's always conflict, always conflict, always conflict, you're never pursuing peace, your clothes are out of style in the Jesus way. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. You can choose to change your clothes. You can choose to change your clothes. You can put on the new and the better because this is a choice. Here's what's so cool about that. No one changes their clothing style without a change in motivation. No one changes their clothing style without a change in motivation. I only changed my style of pants because I wanted to stay relevant to the teenagers that I was trying to influence. Some of you, you have only ever changed your style of clothes because you started dating someone who you really liked, but they made fun of your clothes. And you liked them so much and you loved them so much that you were willing to change your clothes so that they wouldn't laugh at you. That was the motivation that caused, that drove you to change your style. And here's your motivation to change your out of style clothes into something new and something better, something that is in style in the Jesus way. In verse 16, Paul lets us know, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And then he says this, and whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. You want to know what your motivation is to change your clothes? You want to know what your motivation is to change your style? You want to know what your motivation is to change your spiritual wardrobe? Jesus is your motivation. That every single day, every single day, everywhere we go, we have an opportunity to represent Jesus and what we wear and what we present to the world and how we treat our neighbors and how we treat our coworkers and how we treat our family members. It is the representation of Jesus that we display to the world. And we need to make sure that we are accurately representing Jesus and showing to the world that God has done something in us through Jesus so that when we say Jesus loves you, the world knows what love looks like because it's seen it in us. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is the one who paid our debt with his death on the cross. Jesus is the one who won new life with his resurrection. And when someone does that for you, that is reason enough to do anything for them. That is our motivation. Everywhere we go, we have an opportunity to represent and to represent Jesus. That's why we change our clothes. So here's the whole series. Here's the sum of the whole series. Love is the new command and the calling from Jesus. It's more simple and it's far more difficult. 
Your love for others is the only thing that counts to God. The only thing that God actually cares about whether you, like that, that, that your actions would all be the accumulation of your faith expressing itself through love. That your love for others is the only thing that counts to God. That love produces a new and a better fruit so that the world can experience God. And love is our new and better clothing that changes us from the outside in so that we can present Jesus to the world. And we can do all of that. We can do all of that because we are motivated to represent a Savior who displayed the ultimate act of love for us to connect us with our Heavenly Father who loved us so much that He willingly sent His Son for us. We have a new command, love one another. We have a new standard that our faith is expressed through love. We have a new fruit that we produce, that we bear, that it's all driven by love. And we have new clothing that we wear, which as you might guess is we're supposed to clothe ourselves with love. And all of that is motivated by a brand new and living way that Jesus came to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. He's our motivation. He drives our love for others. He's, He's the one who calls us and commands us to love. He's the one who enables us to love. And he's the one who allows us to clothe ourselves in love. It's brand new. It's brand new for you. And it's brand new for those around you. We have the opportunity to represent Jesus to the world every single day. Let's decide that we're going to make our clothing in style in the Jesus way. Let's clothe ourselves with love. Let's move toward peace. Let's move toward unity so that we can be the people that God wants us to be doing everything that God has called us to do because of whose we are and what that calls us to do. It's brand new and it's brand new for you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are so good and that you love us so much. Thank you that we get to do this. Thank you that we get to do this because of whose we are, because we belong to you. Thank you that our background and our blood and our race and our education, that, that stuff doesn't matter to you. What matters to you is whose we are, that we belong to Jesus. And God, thank you that because we belong to Jesus, we carry the presence of God with us everywhere we go. And because we carry the presence of God with us everywhere we go, we are called to clothe ourselves in love so that we present to the world that you matter to us and that you matter because of what you've done for us. So God, help us to present you to the world because of what we, what we clothe ourselves in. Help us to clothe ourselves in love, to clothe ourselves in peace, to clothe ourselves in kindness, to clothe ourselves in humility, to clothe ourselves in everything that you have called us to do. And God, while we may never feel that, God, help us to choose it every single day and help us to choose it every single hour and to choose it every single minute. God, because we want to show those around us the goodness of God. We want to show them your goodness and your love and your mercy, and your grace. So God, help us to do that. Help us to do that. God, give us the wisdom to know what we're supposed to do with what we've just read. Give us the courage to actually do that. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.